Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where people forget that Jimmy is a bucket. Jimmy Buckets, to be exact. And buckets did he provide for the Miami Heat in last night's Game 3 win over the Lakers, 115-104, to as Jimmy Butler had one of the most impressive NBA Finals performances, especially context considered given the Miami Heat's shorthandedness in NBA history, probably, with a 40-point triple-double. Jimmy Butler had 40 points, 13 assists, 11 rebounds, 2 steals, 2 blocks on 14 of 20 shooting from the field, 12 of 14 from the free-throw line. So yeah, people forget that Jimmy is a bucket, and the Lakers forgot that Jimmy ain't a punk, and he's not going to be going down without a fight, just like the entire Miami Heat team and coach Eric Spolstra, who is celebrating Filipino American Heritage Month off-right by Laban Laban Pilipinas, by fighting, fighting the Philippines. See, that didn't make any sense, but you know what didn't make any sense as well? The Lakers not showing up to Game 3 of the NBA Finals after looking so dominant in the first two games, although we started to see some signs of complacency as we have this entire season from this Lakers team, who, when they know that they're the better team and when they have that assuredness in themselves, tend to loosen the grip a little from the rope. And that's exactly what we saw in Game 3. And you know what? I'm going to be honest with you guys. I was not planning to even post a recording or post another podcast given that the Lakers lost I had implemented for myself internally that from here on out any podcast that you'd be hearing would be right after Lakers wins Uh, but you know what it's the NBA finals I think people need some some distractions in the here and now especially with very few NBA games with the problems going on in the NFL, people testing positive left and right. So I thought I'd just pump out an extra episode for you guys as we wait for uh, the Lakers to get back on track in Game 4 and, and hopefully get their mind right and lock in accordingly. But yeah, you know what? This is disappointing. It was a frustrating and annoying loss. I want to preface everything by saying that I'm not worried about the series. I'm just disappointed I sound like an Asian parent right now but you know it's the Lakers who have brought us to this place of expecting greatness from them day in and day out you know they're the ones who have shown us just how dominant they can be when things are clicking on all cylinders or firing on all cylinders and they're the ones who with their rhetoric saying we're not satisfied the job's not finished 
they're the ones who have set us up for these high expectations. So it's a little bit disappointing when they fall short, especially given the fact that this is an NBA Finals game. You shouldn't need any additional motivation. You shouldn't need extra motivation to want to get your asses out of Orlando with a championship trophy. But instead, they're going to stay, you know, two or three more days in Orlando because they they didn't get the job done tonight. And so I think that's where it it's a little bit annoying and grating, you know? Having said that, I do understand that everybody on the Lakers team has been in the bubble for the last, you know, two and a half months, three months, and it's probably wearing on them mentally. And given the fact that they are very clearly so much better than this Miami Heat team, especially given the injuries that have befallen them, that it is just human nature to loosen the grip on the rope, to already feel like you have it in the bag and think that you can get out of any sticky situation you may find yourself in and only have to exert, you know, 60% amount of effort. So I understand it's human nature and the Lakers rightfully lost last night's game with that type of mentality. And I'm actually glad that they did lose because if they had gotten away with dicking around the way they did last night, and honestly, the last two games, I just don't think that would have bode well for them in the long run. So I'm glad they kind of got the fire lit under their asses a little bit. And I'm glad that Jimmy Butler showed them the way they should have approached this game from the beginning, you know, just showing that fight and that grit and that never back down attitude. In a lot of ways, that was the Lakers this entire playoffs run. So, you know, they fell asleep at the wheel last game as they have for one game in each playoff series. So we'll cut them some slack in that respect. And again, we understand the human nature element of everything given the bubble and the circumstances that they're working under. So for me, this is a momentary blip sort of thing. I'm not worried. Again, it's just frustrating and annoying to to watch a game like that. And then for me personally, it's frustrating and annoying because I had sort of planned out our podcast schedule uh, for the next week or so, uh, hoping that the Lakers would close things out uh, on Tuesday and and get us the Lakers in four sweep that we've been heralding about from the beginning of this playoff season. And unfortunately, it looks like at best, the Lakers will be closing it out with a gentleman sweep once again, you know, which no one's complaining about. But I just thought that this was finally going to be the series that we could proudly proclaim Lakers in foe. But unfortunately, obviously, that's not going to be happening. And It's frustrating for me because it's my girlfriend's birthday on Friday. We're going to have a celebration for her. And I thought by that point, I wouldn't have to worry about having to cover the Lakers or having to do a podcast episode after that. But alas, because the Lakers lost last night, we're going to have at least two more games in which the Lakers have to try and close this thing out. And likely, they'll probably win on Friday and I won't be able to cover it in real time. But you know what? That's a first world sort of problem. Let's, let's talk about this game. So I'm going to break this episode up by first talking about the things that frustrated and annoyed me, and then the second half of this episode we'll talk about things that I think the Lakers can improve upon. That's probably going to sound very obvious and intuitive, but you know what? I will just reiterate to you what you're probably already thinking to help give you some audio content as you go about handling some tasks throughout your day. So I actually thought the Lakers started off this game with pretty good energy. They had that Really nice lob to Dwight Howard right off the bat that got everybody pumped up. They had LeBron James knifing into the lane in transition with an and one against Myers Leonard and doing his shoulder shrug double pump to the bench. So I actually like their energy, but I think 
they probably mailed it in after that thinking, man, we got this in the bag. Uh, we don't got to worry about this team. And even if we do get down against this team, we can easily come back as evidenced by the fact that that's exactly what happened in the first quarter where after that quick sort of start where they were holding even with the Miami Heat and the Heat began to pull away a little bit, it, it didn't matter for the Lakers because they brought the bench in with Kyle Kuzma and Markeith Morris. Both of them hit a couple threes. And by the end of the first quarter, regardless of the fact that the Lakers were down like 2012, uh, they were able to close the gap to within three. And they were only down 26-23 after one. And so even for me, I was a little bit arrogant and smug about it, saying to myself internally, that was cute, Miami, but you got you have no answers. And, you know, that was just the exact wrong mentality to have and it's clear that that's the type of mentality that the Lakers had for much of this game uh they pretty much didn't win any quarter you know they lost the second quarter 32 31 the third quarter 27 26 and then they were able to pull away in the fourth 30 to 24 so I think the entire night the Lakers just thought that they could be within striking distance against this Miami Heat team and when they needed to they could just flip the switch And they almost did, right? In the fourth quarter, they did have the lead. They went up by two points, 91-89. And personally for myself, I thought that they were going to take off from that point. But uh, LeBron James had some questionable decisions on the offensive end that quarter, had a couple of turnovers, a couple of bad shot selection choices on his end, jacked up a three. And then on the other end, we just got roasted by Jimmy Butler time and time again in the fourth quarter. Uh, Jimmy Butler kept hunting that KCP switch. LeBron James allowed that switch to continually keep happening. And Jimmy Butler took us into the paint and carved us up. And that's really where the tale of the game was. But from a mental perspective, the Lakers, again, were sort of just in senioritis mode for much of the game, thinking that they could eventually turn it on. And it was Jimmy Butler who had his foot on the Lakers' throat the entire game, even when it seemed like the Lakers were regaining momentum. So for me, that's the story of the game mentally. Um, Some frustrating things about this game. Obviously, the officiating was putrid. Uh, The last two games, the officiating has been very dubious, to say the least. Obviously, last game, the Miami Heat out-free-throwed us 34 to like 17 or something ridiculous like that. Tonight, we actually had more free throws than them, but I felt like early on, the foul calls were so weak on us. Uh, Obviously, Anthony Davis got into foul trouble really quickly, and that took him out of the game. He left the game, I think, in the first quarter without any shots. And then Kyle Kuzma got into foul trouble as well. And, you know, it's been a it's been a story throughout the playoffs. Just the types of fouls that Kyle Kuzma keeps getting called against him have been so annoying and frustrating, And in my opinion. These touch fouls, these small body rub fouls on Kyle Kuzma, unfortunately for him, because he's a young player and because I think the outward perception of him league-wide is still that he is a bad defender, he's not going to get the benefit of the doubt from the refs on these types of calls. He just has to work through that. And it's frustrating right now to just see him get called for normal contact type plays that shouldn't be called. There should be at least no calls, you know. So uh, he got into foul trouble as well in in the first half, which was unfortunate because he kind of got it rolling. He had two threes, that nice and one drive against Andre Iguodala. And he was one of the guys from the bench outside of Markeith Morris who was really keeping us afloat. So the foul calls and the officiating 
was annoying to say the least in the first half and throughout the game you know LeBron James had a couple of drives where he clearly got hacked and he was falling to the floor body flailing everywhere and no calls right but I feel like at the end of the day this wasn't about foul calls or officiating the Lakers body language and overall mental composure or lack thereof entering this game was really what dictated the night for us Uh, just this the smug arrogance of overlooking their opponent. And on the other end, you just see like the grit that Jimmy Butler had, you know, that annoying little snare snarl that Tyler Hero had. Those things are annoying, right? But at the end of the day, the Miami Heat had the right attitude coming into this game. They punched us back repeatedly from Kelly Olynyk to Myers Leonard to Tyler Hero to obviously Jimmy Butler. The Miami Heat just kept hammering away at us, even when it seemed like, again, we were going to regain momentum. And when they were down two points, their response to that was not one of complacency. But yeah, back to things that frustrated me. Lakers turnovers. I mean, outside of the officiating, the Lakers shot themselves on the foot in the first quarter. I think they had 10 turnovers in the first quarter. They were just super sloppy with it. And that probably ties back to a sort of a certain level of complacency, right? LeBron James on his own had eight turnovers. Some of those manifested themselves in the fourth quarter, which is the exact wrong time to have those types of turnovers. And so the Lakers really, really shot themselves in the foot there, coughing up the ball, giving Miami life on the other end, allowing them to leak out into transition. The Miami Heat had 17 points off turnovers. So yeah, the nonchalance with which the Lakers handled the ball and took care of the ball was very indicative of the entire game. By comparison, the Lakers only had nine turnovers in game two. So 20 turnovers and 10 turnovers in the first quarter is just unacceptable. And they were DOA from that point on, even in spite of the fact that there were multiple times where they were only within three to five points the entire night and even had the lead at the end of the fourth quarter. This just annoying theme of the night that the Lakers felt that they could turn it on at any moment was very apparent. Next thing that frustrated me was Frank Vogel's rotations. If you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you will know that I've had issues with it from the beginning of the playoffs. I want to credit Frank Vogel for this entire playoffs run for, at the very least, adapting and switching up his style to meet the needs of the team and their opponent at the time. So he's been very versatile and adaptable. Having said that, there are certain times when he is just a step too slow, in my opinion, to make the intuitive, obvious move. A lot of that has to do with the starting lineup. And again, I'm going to preface everything by saying what I'm about to say and what I'm about to complain with regards to Frank Vogel is very nitpicky. And overall, I think he's done a fantastic job throughout these playoffs of just managing the team as a whole. But he has to have a shorter leash on this starting lineup especially given how banged up Danny Green looks out there, how futile KCP looked on defense, especially when guarding Jimmy Butler. There's no reason why KCP should have been playing 29 minutes on a night when Kyle Kuzma and Markeith Morris had it going. I think Kyle Kuzma ended the game only playing 23 minutes. And to me, that's just a lost opportunity, you know? Like the one game that Kyle Kuzma actually has it going and flowing And we're not playing him enough. And, you know, I know he was in foul trouble. But in the second half, the way that Frank Vogel used Kyle Kuzma was a little perplexing. That dude should have been playing all of the minutes in the fourth quarter. Whether it was him hitting his threes, but also just maybe guarding Jimmy Butler on those switches instead. So, yes, uh, the continued frustration over Frank Vogel and his utilization of Kyle Kuzma. But more importantly, 
his inability to just yank guys from the starting lineup and do a lineup change sooner just to change the energy up a bit just to change the energy up a little bit is what frustrated me last night. There's no reason why Danny Green, to start the third quarter, should play seven minutes all the way through to the five-minute mark when Miami is continually building a lead and going on more and more of a run, and Danny Green is proving useless, you know? I know the guy's trying out there. He's giving his utmost effort. He's still running around on defense and bodying up Jimmy Butler and other guys to the best of his ability. But clearly that that hip injury seems to be hampering him. And even without the hip injury, the dude has just been very ineffective for much of these playoffs. And in that third quarter where he's passing up three-point shots and pump faking left and right and trying to take his man off the dribble and take floaters off the dribble, Frank should have yanked him after three to four minutes, you know? But instead, he ended up playing seven minutes the full way through. And by the time that Kyle Kuzma and Markeith Morris came in, you know, they were working with a deficit when the Lakers could have been up or at least played even and we could have begun to start building a momentum much earlier. So this is the case for the start of the game when the starting unit wasn't getting it done. And this is the case for the start of the second half. And you don't have to get you don't have to do a full lineup change, you know? Just insert a guy or two here and there, whether it's Kyle Kuzma comes in first, and then Caruso, and then Markeith Morris. It doesn't have to be a full lineup change, but the fact that he's stuck with that initial five-man starting unit for the first seven minutes of the third quarter when Miami built their lead, to me that was perplexing, and I hope he yanks guys sooner rather than later. Again, just to even switch the energy up a bit, when you notice that your starting unit is not only not getting it done on court in a tangible perspective, but also just doesn't have the requisite energy and flow that we need to get the job done. Case in point, KCP was minus 26 on the night, Danny Green minus 15, Dwight Howard minus 15. On the other end of the spectrum, Markeith Morris plus 10, Kyle Kuzma plus 6, Alex Caruso plus 8. We were just not utilizing our most effective lineups last night, and that's going to change game by game, but Frank Vogel has to better adapt on the go in the midst of these games while they're happening, you know? So... I think that would just be one thing that I hope Frank Vogel works on a bit more the next game, which I'm sure he will. All right, so I'm going to break things up here. Uh, We'll take it to break really quick, and when I return, just a few more things that I felt led to the Lakers' demise, and then we'll talk about some positives of this game and some things that I think the Lakers can do to improve upon this poor performance. And a lot of it's going to be obvious, and a lot of it's just going to be waking up for the game. But we'll take it to break first. All right, so I'm back, and let's quickly just go rapid fire on some additional additional key points that I thought led to the Lakers' demise. Anthony Davis needs to show up. He can't let guys like Myers Leonard and Kelly Olynyk punk him and destroy us from the perimeter. He needs to be way more aggressive. He needs to demand the ball. The Lakers obviously have to get him the ball. It was ridiculous the paltry amount of shots he got in the fourth quarter when the game was on the line. Um, we did not make it an intentional effort to get this dude the ball. And he's been an absolute freight train through this NBA Finals, through this entire playoffs run. The fact that he only got nine shots in this game, granted a large portion of that can be attributed to the fact that he was in foul trouble, but he was out there in the fourth quarter. He played 33 minutes. There's no excuse that he's only getting nine shots, you know? And I think a couple of those were putbacks and a lob. So Anthony Davis needs to be more aggressive. He needs to come out with the right intensity and effort the next game and reestablish himself as the dominant force that he has been this entire finals. That's one thing. 
LeBron James needs to probably be better decision-making wise in the clutch in the closing minutes. He kind of resembled his Denver self in those games two through four, where he was really struggling. He was settling for jump shots. And on the defensive end, he was allowing those switches to happen where Jimmy Butler was faced up against KCP. And the couple of times that he did guard Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler was able to get one on him as well. So those are some easy things that the Lakers can improve. Another close thing to keep in mind is the fact that J.R. Smith actually played some meaningful minutes. I don't know if that's Frank Vogel's way of curtailing some of Danny Green's minutes. J.R. Smith actually hit a three at the end of the half there to close the gap. He did have some several ill-advised three-pointers, his sidestep fadeaway threes that he likes to take. At this point, look, that's how he shoots. Does he make it harder on himself? Sure, but that's kind of his Robert Ory kickstand three-point shot. And what's missed in in everybody laughing at that shot is the fact that he was quite in line with those three-point shot attempts. Um, some easily correctable things. KCP just has to get his uh, shot going once again. He was one for three from three-point land in 29 minutes. Uh, Danny Green, we've already said everything we have to say about Danny Green. 0 of 6 from the field, 0 of 4 from three-point land. If he is hamstrung by his injury, Frank Vogel needs to just lessen his minutes and yank him sooner. Cal Kuzma, Markeith Morris, those are the two huge positives from this game. Both had 19 points and absolutely shot the lights out from three-point land. They combined from 9 for 19 from beyond the arc. They were absolutely spectacular. Cal Kuzma needs to be getting more minutes. I'm going to keep hammering that point through. He's hit at least one three a game in each of these finals games, so it looks like he's getting more and more confident with his three-point stroke. We're also going to need his length against Jimmy Butler. Yes, he's getting these stupid foul calls called against him, but even in the few possessions that we've seen him matched up against Jimmy Butler, his length just bothers Butler and has caused Jimmy Butler to pass up a shot and force up a shot instead or force a pass through to other teammates. I think Butler had like one wild reverse fling into the air that resulted in a turnover because Kuzma was on him. So I think sticking Kuzma on Butler will help us out in the long run and, and will be much better than an undersized KCP or even a hobble Danny Green at this point. If LeBron wants to take up the mantle and guard Jimmy Butler in the clutch, by all means, please do that. But in lieu of that, let's have Kyle Kuzma on Jimmy Butler a lot more often. And outside of those things, the Lakers need to do a better job of containing the perimeter. Kelly Olynyk had another 3 of 5 from 3-point land. Duncan Robinson actually got into the party here, hitting 3 of 10 from 3, 13 points. Myers Leonard hit a 3 as well. Uh, Jimmy Butler was just carving up our defense and passing it off to the right guys. He had 13 assists tonight. And if we can just get a handle on Jimmy Butler, I think that would solve a lot of our problems. We need to get back to being physically imposing on this team because... Last night, they took it to us, and we're the more aggressive team overall. So, again, at the end of the day, a lot of these things just boils down to the Lakers really coming out with the right mindset, taking this team seriously, respecting them as they should, and not being complacent. And then Frank Vogel, if he sees that certain guys are being complacent, switching things up a bit and finding the right lineup that will give us that energy and that boost that we need to carry us through. I don't know if he needs to make a lineup switch with the starting lineup and, you know, yank Danny Green entirely, maybe insert Alex Caruso. Kyle Kuzma has been playing shooting guard a little bit as well. That wouldn't be a bad switch up. I think at this point in the playoffs, he probably won't do that. So what I'm asking for, again, is just for him to take Danny Green or KCP out in the first four minutes if they're not getting it done. 
So that will be an easy compromise if he doesn't plan on switching up that starting lineup. But again, maybe I'm making this more complicated than it needs to be in overanalyzing things. If the Lakers just come out with the right energy and mentality and sustain that throughout the game, everything will end up solving itself. And look, Anthony Davis with 15 points, this was easily his worst playoff game of this entire playoff bubble and maybe of his entire playoffs career. That's not going to happen again. 13 turnovers between LeBron James and Anthony Davis is likely not going to happen again. So a lot of these things are very correctable. And it's going to boil down to the Lakers just really locking in once again, realizing they're two games away from an NBA championship. And they're two games away from getting the hell out of Orlando and back to their homes in sunny Southern California. So with that said, thank you guys for listening. This has been the Lakers Legacy Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us five stars on iTunes. The next episode you'll hear will be with me, Tommy, and Alan, hopefully after a Lakers win. As I mentioned earlier on the in the episode, Game 5 will be on Friday, and unfortunately I won't be able to cover that in real time. And if we do have an episode after that, it'll probably come Saturday morning. So if the Lakers do win the championship, and again, crossing fingers, asterisk, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but if the Lakers are able to close things out come Friday, our lit celebration championship parade Lakers Legacy Podcast episode will come out on Saturday at some point. So just bear with me. It's my girlfriend's birthday. If the Lakers had just taken care of business, you would get that celebratory podcast episode on Tuesday. But alas, we have at least an additional game to enjoy this Lakers team, and hopefully we'll get to enjoy them in the way that we know how. With them playing a dominant, physically imposing brand of basketball that leaves no questions that they are the best basketball team in the National Basketball Association for the 2019-20 NBA season. So here's to hoping. With that said, we'll catch you guys next time. You can catch our episodes also on YouTube. Just search the Lakers Legacy channel on YouTube. Also, if you want to help us out in any small way financially, please go to patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy podcast. Even a dollar helps. There are a couple of exclusive audio content bits that you can get there right now. And also through this summer, we will likely be pumping out some exclusive audio content there as well. So patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy podcast. So yes, game four, Tuesday night, Lakers bounce back. Here we come. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.